There isn't a word that's strong enough to tell you how I feel. All I can say is, it is over. The DNA tests are in and they are conclusive. And they've left me angry and baffled. A quick synopsis. The Ohio Innocence Project claimed Samuel J. Herring did not brutalize Phyllis Cottle, that police got the wrong man, that prosecutors, the judge, the jury all got it wrong, that Samuel J. Herring was innocent. The Ohio Innocence Project asked for DNA tests on evidence recently discovered in a remote storage area in Summit County, Ohio. The most compelling evidence? Semen found on the crotch of Phyllis Cottle's pants and underwear. Those items have been in storage for the past 39 years, but the DNA was salvageable. And yeah, it tells a whopper of a story. According to Summit County Prosecutor Sherry Bevan Walsh, forensic scientists were able to match that DNA to a suspect. If that DNA did not match Herring's, he gets a new trial. If the DNA test came back inconclusive, Herring likely would still get a new trial because the Innocence Project had another suspect in mind, one whose criminal history allegedly more closely matched the crimes against Phyllis. But there is a match. That semen found on Phyllis's clothing that could have changed everything, that could have freed a man unjustly held behind bars for nearly 40 years, belonged to Samuel J. Herring. Turns out, beyond a shadow of a doubt, police, prosecutors, and the jury did not get it wrong. They got it right. The DNA results showed a one and one trillion match. Here's former prosecutor Emily Pelfrey, my legal guide. It did surprise me. And I think that when we when we spoke last about this, I I think in some ways trying to prepare you for the opposite results. The Ohio Innocence Project had a compelling argument and recently discovered DNA. So I prepared for a potential bombshell development and emotional pain for Phyllis's family and for a man who was possibly unjustly incarcerated for nearly 40 years. So the the DNA test came back. Oh, I'm trying to get it. And it said it was a one in one trillion match. A one in one trillion. What does that mean? That he did it. <laughs> I mean, like... And two, even if it was a smaller number, because like one in a trillion is huge. But even if we were looking at, I don't know, like one in half a million or or one in a million, still there has to be some explanation as to how he got there. And if he is denying that he was ever there and never knew her, well, then it should be none. So this number really does boil down to the fact that his DNA was in a place where it was not supposed to be. It was proven to be his, so case closed. I wish Phyllis was still with us. I wonder what she would say. I know what I would say. What a fucking monster. To sit there, to proclaim your innocence when you know you did it. To put Phyllis's family through hell again. To tarnish the legacy of a true hero, Phyllis Cottle. To, in the words of the Summit County prosecutor, manipulate the people of the Ohio Innocence Project. What the hell? August 1994, Samuel Herring had been locked up in an Ohio correctional institution for 10 years. A decade before, in June of 1984, 
Herring had been sent to prison for up to 330 years for a horrific crime. Akron detectives say he carjacked, raped, and robbed Phyllis Cottle, then used a serrated knife to stab her in both eyes, blinding her. It was his way, they said, to make sure she would never be able to identify him. Then detectives say Herring tied up Phyllis, left her in the backseat of her car, and set it on fire. Phyllis Cottle escaped that burning car and lived to testify against her alleged attacker. In little more than a week, Herring was arrested and then convicted on all counts. Through it all, Herring never admitted guilt. He was angry, bitter, and yeah, scary. Here's Phyllis's daughter, Diane. Did he ever admit to doing it? No. He was writing letters to my mom Mm -hmm. saying that, oh, he had the wrong guy and she's all wrong. Basically, and then then the letters kind of turned to a more nasty nature, saying that she was going to burn in hell because, you know, he, you know, she got him in prison and he's innocent and blah, 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 blah. And I finally told her, I said, you know what? Don't even open them. Just throw them in the trash. Fast forward to that August day in 1994, to the first time Herring faced the Ohio Parole Board to argue his way out of prison. He insisted that he did not hurt Phyllis Cottle, that he had never met that lady who was blinded. Not his thing, he asserted. Here's our voice at the court. I wouldn't carry a knife. I was always a gunman, an armed robber. I never went without a gun. According to the Akron Beacon Journal, Herring was animated as he, quote, proclaimed his innocence. He jumped out of his chair, waved his arms, and spoke so quickly his words came out in bursts. Then he shaped his forefinger and thumb into the shape of a pistol, pointed his index finger at the 10 or so members of the parole board, and told them why he preferred a gun over a knife to commit crime. When I told people what to do, they did what I said because I had the power. When I decided to share Phyllis Cottle's story, it never entered my mind that police got the wrong guy. Still, it puzzled me that Samuel Herring never admitted guilt, even if it meant getting out of prison before he died there. And the fact Herring was willing to ask for DNA testing, I mean, who would do that if they actually did the crime? That's just insane. More when we return. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. 
So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. I'm just, I'm stunned that someone could, as in Samuel J. Herring, could sit there in a wheelchair before TV cameras and say he was innocent, knowing full well that he wasn't. Yeah. And I can't attest to the psyche behind that as to why or how someone can do that. I've sat across the table from plenty of people that said they didn't do it. And it's overwhelming evidence shows that they did do it. I mean, I know. And I hear what you say, you know, that you sat across from people who knew they were guilty and they just lied to your face. But to say that the DNA found on the victim's clothing wasn't yours knowing that it that's just delusional yeah i i don't know how you did unless you just thought well it's just such old evidence that perhaps it won't test a certain way maybe a few weeks after herring was arrested and jailed before trial one of the lead detectives in the case chris contos decided to interview two of herring's cellmates one of them told contos he asked herring quote why he hadn't taken a semen test Herring said the lady had, quote, oil poured all over her, so there was no, quote, evidence of semen. At the time, this information had not been reported in the media. Only the suspect would have known that there were efforts to contaminate or destroy physical evidence. Maybe Herring didn't realize that by 2023, DNA testing would be so advanced, it wouldn't matter if the semen had been contaminated. Still, and I get it, I'm trying to apply logic to a guy who clearly has psychological problems, but why? Why ask for DNA tests if you knew you did it? Here's Casey Jordan, a criminologist and forensic psychologist. So I'm going to answer your question, but let me tell you who he reminds me of. A man named Lawrence Singleton, who in 1978 horrifically raped a teenage hitchhiker in California chopped off her arms with a hatchet or an axe and threw her over a 30-foot cliff. And she managed to stanch the bleeding by shoving her stubs in mud and climbing out of the, the desert and the woods for three miles to where she was found. So what always reminds me of this is how um, Phyllis really does remind me of Lawrence Singleton's victim as well. Just unstoppable. And showed up in court with her two prosthetic arms and made sure that she testified against him. And it also reminds me of it because he was given, uh, I don't think he could get more than 12 years for that rape and attack and the mutilation of this girl. I mean, ridiculously short sentence. And he was out after a few years, again, just like Herring. But what reminds me of it the most is that Lawrence Singleton got out and everyone was like, he's an old man. He never admitted to his attack on the girl. And the probation and parole officers who knew him, who worked with him, after he was released from prison, said it's as if every day he wakes up and it's Groundhog Day for him. He doesn't believe he did it. He has no memory of doing it. He has blocked it from his memory. He feels no remorse because he just says he didn't do it. But of course, we know he did it. So it is a level of self-brainwashing that's legitimate. When Herring says that he didn't do it, and that's why he can't admit to it, you have to consider for one moment that he has succeeded in a process of self-brainwashing, uh, we call it physiologia fantastica, where you actually convince yourself of a new truth to the extent that you could even pass a lie detector test. So 
To me, it doesn't indicate for one second that he is factually innocent. It just makes me think that whatever mental illness he has, he has succeeded in completely recreating his reality to where he didn't do it at all. Um, the end of that story with Lawrence Singleton is that everyone said, oh, he's an old man. Don't worry. Why do you have to keep him in prison? You know, he's in his late 60s. He's never going to rape and, you know, attack and cut the arms off of another girl. But in fact, he did. And when he was 70 years old, he killed a woman, a mother of three, at 70. By 1994, when an agitated herring told the parole board he could not have stabbed and blinded Phyllis Cottle because the crime didn't fit his M.O., because his weapon of choice was a gun, not a knife, I had left Akron for a TV job at a bigger city where the viewers were not interested in Samuel Herring. Besides, the Ohio Parole Board didn't buy Herring's M.O. argument. He was denied parole in 1994 and then denied parole again 10 years later and 10 years after that. Phyllis Cottle appeared at every one of Herring's parole board hearings until her death in 2013. Phyllis's family carried the torch after that. In 2019, they collected thousands of signatures and sent them to the parole board. And they plan to do it again when Herring next came up for parole in 2029. I talked with Diane, Phyllis's daughter, and Diane's daughter, Drew, in 2020. So we just fought this last year. He gets parole every 10 years. And I think that's the thing. It, now, she fought so hard to keep him in there, but we have to fight even harder because now that she has passed on, people are like, oh, what's it matter? Well, it does matter because he has a vengeance. He is angry. It, that's clear. I mean, he's still being violent. Is he going to stop with just her? Is he going to keep coming? That's why we make it such a point to get everyone that we know to write letters, emails, phone calls, all of it. I know, the Ohio Innocence Project. How did they get it wrong? Phyllis's family released a statement to the media. Quote, We would also like to ask the Innocence Project slash Marshall Project to vet any future cases more carefully and with better due diligence. We hope with a better due diligence, both projects, as well as Cleveland's News Channel 5, will keep in mind that their actions affect others in ways they may not realize or understand, including, but not limited to, the victims' families. The Innocence Project should not be the reason why victims of crimes are afraid to come forward. I understand why Phyllis's family released that statement. Phyllis Cottle, who was raped, robbed, and blinded, had every reason to be afraid to come forward. But she found the courage to tell her truth in vivid detail. Should this outcome tarnish the Innocence Project's work in any way? No, I don't think so. I don't. And in looking again at this case and some of the holes that existed and the fact that there are some things that were a little wonky about this, <laughs> some of the evidence scattering, I'm not going to lie, but I think that their reputation in this case, they challenged what they believed were accurate holes. They challenged the identity based on similar acts committed by someone in that same environment. And I don't think that it was a wrong thing for them to do. I think what they've done is they've, they've also shown that the eyewitness, I, I shouldn't say eyewitness, but the fact that we have a victim who was so strong and so willing to work alongside of these detectives, I think it just bolsters her even that much more. I know, I was like, yeah, go Phyllis. I know. 
And her family has to be even more proud of her because of this. She was right. And even if there's always some little doubt that exists in the head, right? It, and even if the family members saw this, maybe someplace in the back of their head, they're like, man, there's just a lot of similarities going on. This just closes the door on that. And they can say, you know what? Mom did everything that she was supposed to do. And my mom is a badass. And she was right. Yep, that DNA evidence slams the door shut on any doubt that Herring is guilty. And Phyllis, she was a badass. But I always knew that. Stay tuned for more developments. We'll be releasing episodes as fast as I can dig up new information. And thank you for listening. Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage is a signature show of the Killer Podcast Network. If you enjoy this series, please subscribe and rate it on your favorite listening apps and discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com. And if you want to discover more about this case, follow me on Instagram at Carol Costello. You'll find pictures of Phyllis, newspaper reports, crime scene photos, and more. Blind Rage is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and Carol Costello. This episode was produced by Chris Iola and me, Carol Costello. Additional thanks to audio engineer Sean Rule Hoffman, contributor Nyjah Galladay, production director Bridget Coyne, and executive producer Gerardo Orlando. Original music is composed by Timothy Law Snyder. All of the information in this podcast came from my memories of the event. Phyllis Cottle, her family members and friends, former law enforcement, prosecutors, former and current journalists, police reports, and court documents. I've tried to tell this story factually to the best of my ability, but sometimes memory fails. It's been a long time, but my goal is simple. Phyllis was an amazing woman, and her story of courage should be shared. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies, from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com. <laughs>